0: And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. I'd like to begin this evening uh, in perhaps our last session from the book al maarifa Fi' Uloom al-Hadith by Sheikh Suhaib Hassan Abdul Ghafar by mentioning that this last section of the book it is related to the verdict, the appendix. It is an appendix, the verdict on the hadith mentioned in the foreword, in the beginning of the book. Sheikh Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, in his introduction or in the foreword, he mentioned a number of hadith, about twenty-six hadith, I think, and those hadith he mentioned as samples, samples of reports that have been transmitted to us from the early generations of the Muslims and they have been attributed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. you will find many of the people in their writings in books in the Friday khutbah in lectures and so on mentioning many statements which have been attributed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam But not all of these statements are true. Not all of them are authentically narrated from the Prophet. Some of them are inaccurately or mistakenly or sometimes intentionally forged, forged, fabricated, and attributed to the Prophet for various reasons. As we discussed in the last lecture, lecture number 12, we talked about al-Hadith al maudur or the fabricated hadith. And what is the definition of fabricated hadith? Uh, what are the reasons why people fabricated hadith, how are the ways to detect fabricated hadith, and so on. So, uh, Sheikh Suhaid, in the introduction, gave us a number of hadith to look at before beginning the study of the science of hadith, mustalah hadith. And now, in the end of the book, in the appendix, he has summarized some of the rulings or verdicts or decisions of the scholars of hadith concerning these reports. The first hadith which he mentioned is the hadith related to Surah Al-Ikhlas the 112th chapter of the Quran that Surah Al-Ikhlas is equal to or equivalent to one third of the Quran And yani Surah Al-Ikhlas Ta'adilu Surat Al-Qur'an It is as though if you read this very short chapter it is as though you are reading one-third of the Quran and the scholars gave various explanations for this hadith the important thing here is not the explanation of the hadith but what we are concerned about is the ruling for that hadith is it an authentic true report or is it unauthentic and here Sheikh Suhaid says in the appendix on page 42 that this hadith is mutawatir. mutawatir A mutawatir is the terminology that we studied related to the number of narrators or reporters on the various levels in the chain of narrators of a hadith. For those brothers who are visiting with us for the first time, just briefly I'll try to explain concerning this the general meaning that when the reports of the same actions of the Prophet ﷺ were transmitted They were transmitted by the people, first from the Sahaba, his companions, and then the students of Sahaba, the Tabi'oon, and then those who came after them, until they reached the generations of those scholars who collected the Hadith into books, like Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, and Muslim, and Abu Dawood, and Tirmidhi, Ibn Najah, and Nasa'i, and these scholars. So, a mutawatir Hadith, it means a Hadith in every level of the chain of narratives, who transmitted it, who passed it down, there is a large number of people on every level. It's called mutawatir. And a hadith that is truly mutawatir, is considered to be authentic. Authentic without question. So here, this hadith, that the surah al-Ikhlaq, is equivalent to one third of the Quran, the Sheikh says this hadith is mutawatir. As declared by many scholars, including Ibn Taymiyyah, as suyuti uh, Najmuddin al Al-Iskandari, Al-Ijluni, and others. About this Hadith, al the great scholar of Hadith, al-Imam al-Darqutni said, it is the most authentic one regarding the virtues of any Surah or any chapter of the Qur'an. It is related by al-Bukhari, Muslim and others. So not only is this Hadith mutawatir, But it is also the most authentic hadith related to the virtues or excellence or merits or superiority of any chapter of the Qur'an. In fact, most of the hadith related to the virtues or merits of the various chapters of the Qur'an, most of those hadith are unauthentic. They are not authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ. As for this hadith related to Surah Al-Ikhlas, it is the most authentic of them and it has been reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim and others. And the hadith that is reported by Al-Bukhari Muslim is known as متafaqun So this hadith is متafaqun alayh and we said that of all the hadith that are sahih. The highest level of sahih is the hadith which is متafaqun alayh. That is agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And the next level is that which is narrated by Al-Bukhari alone. And the next level that which is by Muslim alone. And the next level is that which is according to the conditions of both Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Though neither of them reported it, and then according to the conditions of Bukhari, the conditions of Muslim, and the seventh and lowest level of authentic hadith, are those hadith which are not reported by Bukhari, nor Muslim, nor fulfill the conditions of either of them. But it is considered sahih by other scholars of hadith. So in any case, this hadith is of the highest grade, of authentic or Sahih hadith, it is Muttafakun and in addition to that, it's Mutawasir. The second hadith that the Shaykh mentioned is the hadith about the 99 names of Allah. The hadith that Allah has 99 names. تسع this hadith, the Shaykh says, this hadith is in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari, Muslim, Al-Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, and Ibn Asakir. The wording as he gives it here, verily, by Allah has 99 names, which if any person safeguards them, ya'ani, man man whoever safeguards them, memorize them, preserve them in their meanings. He will enter the garden, or will enter the paradise. The important comment related to this hadith is that though the hadith is authentic, it is sahih, that there are 99 names for Allah, whoever memorized them or preserved them, will enter the paradise. The important comment here is where the Sheikh says, in some narrations of this hadith, found in the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi, and the Sunan of Ibn Majah, and the Mustadrak of Hakim and others, the names, yani the 99 names are listed at the end of the hadith. Yani in some of the reports, as reported in At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Najah and the Mustajak al Hakim, in addition to these words, that Allah has 99 names, whoever preserves them will enter paradise, there is an addition to the hadith, listing 99 names, which they have claimed that these are the 99 names, whoever memorized them will enter paradise. Here he says, However, at least three different listings are given. For example, in one one list it says, He is Allah, besides whom there is no other deity, the merciful, the compassionate, the forbearing. While in another narration, it says, Allah the unique, the absolute, the one who has nothing like unto Him, and so on. What he is saying here is that, the various narrations that mention 99 names, they don't have the same 99 names. One narration reports 99 names. A different narration reports 99 names, but some of the names are different. Not the same 99. And another narration, so on. So here he says, It is agreed that these latter narrations are daif, Meaning, weak. They are weak. They are not acceptable. These narrations that list 99 particular names, it's not authentic not authentic from the Prophet ﷺ that he listed what are the 99 names. In fact, those 99 names that are intended in this hadith are not known, are not known what are the 99 names. But it is upon the Muslim to strive, to try to know those 99 names by looking at the names of Allah in the Qur'an and looking at the names of Allah in the hadith, authentic hadith and so on. And in fact, not only that, but also I don't remember if the shaykh mentions it here. But the names of Allah are not limited to 99. Allah has many names, more than 99. But in this hadith the intended meaning is that of all of Allah's names, there are 99 of them. Whoever memorized those 99, they will enter paradise. Not that Allah only has 99. But Allah has many names. Allah has many names. Some of them are known to us through that which was revealed in the Quran and some of them through the Prophet some of them are only known to some of his Prophets or angels or servants of Allah not known to others and some of those names are known only to Allah are known only to Allah but Allah's names are not limited to 99 they are more than that Uh, He says that these narrations which lift 99 particular names they are daif not authentic, it is weak and this is why Al-Bukhari and Muslim did not include them in their Sahihs in their two collections, the Sahih of Al-Bukhari and the Sahih of Muslim there is no listing of 99 names they didn't list it because those listings are not authentic Al-Imam At-Tirmidhi says in his Sunan in his book of Hadith, the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi this version of the Hadith is Gharib Gharib and Gharib is also a terminology that we studied before Gharib it means that, at some level, either from the beginning or somewhere in the chain of narrators, there is only one narrator at one at some level, or even at more than one level. But at least in one level, there is only one narrator, and therefore this hadith is called gharib. It has been narrated from various routes or various chains of narration on the authority of Abu Huraira (radiallahu anhu), but we do not know of the mention of the names in the numerous narrations except this one. Yani here, Imam al-Tirmidhi said that there are many chains of narrators through which this hadith has been transmitted. But only though many chains transmitted the hadith from Abu Huraira, but only this one that he mentioned in his book, he said this is the only one we know which actually mentioned the 99 names. In other words, the other ones mentioned the hadith without listing 99 names. Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, says, Al walid one of the narratives of the hadith, related the names from the sayings of his Syrian teacher. And he, went, he goes on to say that specific mention of the names is not from the words of the Prophet وسلم, by the agreement of those familiar with hadith. I mean, the scholars of hadith are in agreement on this fact that the listing of the 99 names is not from the Prophet ﷺ but it was added by one of the narrators who passed the hadith down and this we said when something is added to the hadith it's called Idraj or Mudraj It's a hadith called Mudraj al Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, the great scholar of Tafsir says in his book the Tafsir of the Quran Tafsir al-Qur'an al-Azim under verse 180 of Surah al araf but these narrations are mudraj. And the narrations that add the ninety nine names, they are added from the narrator, but they are not from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Al Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Askalani, the one who gave the explanation of Sahih al-Bukhari, takes a similar view in his commentary on Sahih al Bukhari. And he's similar to the view of Ibn Kafir. Various scholars have given different lists of ninety nine names. From their study of the Quran and Sunnah, including Ja'far al-Sadiq, Sufyan ibn Uyayna, Ibn Hazm, Al-Qurtubi, Ibn Hajah, and Salih ibn Uthaymin. Perhaps he means Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin. So these lists, which have been mentioned by many scholars, are not definite. But it is their ijtihad or their effort to search through the Quran and try to identify the names of Allah and search through the authentic hadith to try to identify the names that have been mentioned by the Prophet The third hadith that the shaykh mentions the saying it is a hadith Qudsi Hadith Qudsi means what? It is a saying that the Prophet transmits from Allah transmits from Allah He says that Allah says Were it not for you, O Muhammad, I would not have created the universe. Were it not for you, O Muhammad, I would not have created the universe. Now, oh, you are right. Number three is the saying of another hadith khutti, that Allah says, I was a hidden treasure, and I wished to be known, so I created A creation, meaning mankind. Then made myself known to them, and they recognized me. Danny, this statement is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that I was a hidden treasure, and I wished to be known. So I created creation. No doubt He created the creation. We know that for sure. Then made myself known to them, and He made Himself known to us by sending prophets and giving them revelations, teaching us about Him, and what He ordered us to do, and so on. And they recognized Me. And some of them recognized, and some of them didn't recognize. The believers are those who recognize Allah, acknowledge that He is their Creator, and that He alone should be worshiped, and the disbelievers didn't recognize Him. Some of the statements in this transmission are authentic, no doubt. Allah is the Creator, Allah created man, Allah revealed Himself to us through prophets, and some of the people recognized Him, some didn't. But the statements that Allah saying, Allah saying I was a hidden treasure and I wish to be known and this uh, narration is questionable here Sheikh Suhaib says Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah says it is not from the words of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and there's no known isnad for it there's no isnad yani there's no chain of narratives for this report it is passed down by the people And doesn't even have a chain of narratives going back to the Prophet, according to Ibn Taymiyyah. Neither Sahih nor Da'if. Not only there's no authentic chain, but not even a weak chain. Al Zarkhashi, Ibn Hajj, and Al Hafiz ibn Hajj al and Al Suyuti, and others agreed with him in this statement that this hadith is unauthentic is a fabrication which doesn't have an authentic or unauthentic chain of narratives. Al Qari says, but its meaning is correct, deduced from the statement of Allah, I have not created the jinn in mankind except to worship me. And in the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the reason or the purpose for which he created the jinn in men is to worship him. So here no doubt, part of the statement is true. By this ayat, we know that the part of the statement that Allah created the creation for the purpose of worshipping Him. And therefore, He re- sent prophets to teach them what was the obligation in the relationship to Him. This part of the statement, is an, the meaning of it is correct. But not the whole of the hadith can be accepted as correct. So he says, uh, as Ibn Abbas, yani, he, the statement in the Qur'an, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونِ This statement he said it means, إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونِ Except to worship me, he said it means, <coughs> To recognize or to know me. To recognize or to know me. As Ibn Abbas, رضي الله أنهما, may Allah be pleased with him and his father has explained. These statements are mentioned by Al-Ijluni, who adds, This saying occurs often in the words of the Sufis who have relied upon it and built upon it some of their principles. And here he is saying that this particular narration which is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been used by some of the Sufi groups to develop some principles that are foreign to the Sunnah of the Prophet and the basis of those principles and those ideas is a fabrication a false attribution to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet the next hadith also Qudsi that Allah says were not for you Muhammad I would not have created the universe concerning this hadith the Shaykh mentions a number of statements by various scholars from amongst them. He says, al ajluni says, al saghani who died in the year 650, says that this hadith is mawdu'ah. This hadith is what? Fabricated. It is false. It is not a true statement from the Prophet ﷺ. Then he says, I say, but its meaning is correct. Here, there is a point of importance here that we should keep in mind. Indeed it is possible. It is possible that a hadith, a report from the Prophet ﷺ can, in meaning, it can be correct. While the chain of narrators, the isnad, through which it is transmitted to us, might not be authentic. It may have a defect in it. It may have a break in the chain, it may have a weak narrator or whatever. The chain may not be authentic. But the meaning of the report it's possible, it can be authentic. The problem that we should be aware of is that even if the meaning is confirmed by other sources, we cannot attribute it to the Prophet ﷺ. We cannot attribute something that we are not sure, we are not certain it has been transmitted authentically from the Messenger of Allah We cannot say, well the meaning in general is correct. So, قال الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم. No, we cannot say that because we are not allowed to attribute to him except that which there is no doubt about its authenticity in the transmission down to us so here he says its meaning is correct for Baylami has related from Ibn Abbas as al Addaylami one of the scholars of hadith he has reported this saying from Ibn Abbas as Marfur. and marfoo' means Up to the companions. mawquf is attributed to the companions. Marfu'ah, it means a statement attributed to the Prophet wasallam. If we say the hadith is marfu'ah, means it has been attributed to the Prophet wasallam, As opposed to mawquf mawquf means that which is stopped at the sahaba. It is a saying or statement or action of a companion. But here he says that Ibn Abbas, Attributed this hadith to the Prophet, ﷺ. he said it is, that Jibril came to me, the Prophet speaking, that Jibril came to me and said, O oh Muhammad, were it not for you, the garden, meaning the paradise, would not have been created, and were it not for you, the fire would not have been created, and in the narration, in another narration, from Ibn Asakir, were it not for you, the world would not have been created. Here, even though Ibn Abbas, even though the hadith is transmitted through Ibn Abbas as more but we have to look at the chain of narratives. To see, is it authentically transmitted through Ibn Abbas? Maybe some of the people who reported it from him, are not accurate in their report. Sheikh Muhammad nasruddin al Albani also quotes Al-Saghani's verdict and comments on Al-Qari's words thus. Yani, as, uh, the first scholar He said that the hadith is mawdu' And the second scholar said However, its meaning is correct Shaykh al-Albani Rahimahullah Says It is not appropriate To certify The correctness of its meaning Without establishing The authenticity Of the narration From Ad daylami Which is something I have not found any of the scholars To have addressed Yani, though it is attributed to the Prophet ﷺ, but we don't know, is the chain of narration, is the chain of narratives actually authentic? Which is something I have not found any of the scholars have addressed. Personally, Sheikh al-Bani says, although I have not come across its mad its, its chain of narratives, I have no doubt about its weakness. Yani, he is sure about its weakness, even without seeing its mad. And why does he say that? Enough of an, in- of an indication for us is that Balami is alone in reporting it. Balami was a scholar whose collection of hadith primarily contains weak hadith. Primarily. Most of what he collected is weak. If he is the only scholar who collected it, it is more likely that it's weak than anything else. Otherwise, the other more authentic scholars would have also collected it. The fact that they all left it and he is the only one who collected it, is a clear indication of the weakness of that hadith. As for the narration of Ibn Asakir, Ibn al-Jawzi also related it in a long marfu hadith, I yani a long hadith attributed to the Prophet ﷺ, from another Sahabi, Salman radiallahu anhu, and said, Ibn al-Jawzi said, it is Mawdu'ah, fabricated. And al-Suyuti endorsed this in Al-A'li. Yani al-Sayyuti agreed with Ibn Jawzi that this hadith is a fabrication. It is important to know or to distinguish between the reports which have been falsely attributed to the Prophet and those which are authentically attributed to him. Because these fabrications are the main source for deviation coming coming into Islam. They are the main source for innovations coming into Islam. They are the main source for the corruption of the deen of Allah. It is through the weak and fabricated reports. So it is important to distinguish that which is authentic from that which is unauthentic. And we should also be careful not to repeat or to pass down these reports which are not confirmed as being authentic or correctly reported from the Prophet sallallahu The next hadith, number five. When Allah completed creation, he wrote in a book which is with him above his throne. Verily my mercy will prevail over my wrath. And when Allah created the heavens and the earth, he had written in a book that is with him above his throne, that my mercy prevails over my wrath. This hadith number five, the shaykh just mentioned briefly that it is sahih. It is related by al-Bukhari and Muslim. It is an authentic Hadith which we have come over or come across previously. And one of the important points related in this hadith and in the meaning of the hadith is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written in a book that is with him above his throne. It is a proof that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high above his throne. This is an authentic hadith muttasakun alayh reported by both al-Bukhari and Muslim. Hadith number six. A hadith Qudsi. That statement attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where Allah says, Neither my heaven nor my earth can contain me, but the heart of my believing slave can contain me. Neither the heavens nor the earth can contain Allah, but the heart of a believing slave can contain Allah. Allah is greater than the whole of the creation. Allah is outside of the creation. Allah is above his throne. As he says in the Quran, and how many verses in the Quran? Then Allah ascended above the... Arsh, when He created the heavens and earth and He ascended above the arch. Here, in this statement, it is a very important statement which is related to Islamic aqeedah Can Allah be contained within His creation? The Creator be inside of the creation, when well, in fact the Creator is separate and completely distinct from the creation. He is the Creator. He is not a part of the creation. The creation is created. And the Creator existed before the creation eternally. Here, concerning this statement, the Shaykh says, Al-Ijluni says, that Imam Al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, mentioned in his book, المدين, with the wording, Allah says, he mentioned this report in his book, he says, with a different wording, Allah says, neither my heaven nor my earth could contain me. But the soft, humble heart of my believing slave can contain me. Yani the meaning is basically the same. Al-Iraqi, the Sheikh of Ibn Hajj al-Asqalani, said in his notes on Al-Ihya, yani the book of Imam al-Ghazali, Ihya al-Muddin, has been verified and checked by many scholars from amongst them. Al-Hafiz al-Iraqi, who did a comprehensive checking of the book Ihya al-Muddin, identifying the hadith which are authentic and those which are not. And in that book, Al-Imam or Al-Hafid Al-Iraqi says in his notes on this book, I do not find a basis, that is an isnad for it. Yani he didn't find a chain of narratives. It doesn't have a chain of narratives. It is also a fabrication. Al-Imam Al-Sayyuti agreed with him that it doesn't have a basis. Following, Al-Zar Al-Iraqi then said, but in the hadith of Abu Utbah in Al-Tabarani, there occurs a different wording, a different wording. What is the wording in this hadith, in this narration? The vessels of your Lord are the the hearts of His righteous slaves. And not that Allah is contained in the hearts, but the vessels of Allah, what He yields for vessels, are the hearts of His believing, of His righteous slaves. And the most beloved to Him are the softest and most tender ones. Yani, the most beloved vessels previous one, that Allah Himself is contained in the creation. Uh, Shaykh al said, it is mentioned in the Israeliat traditions. But there is no known Isnad from the Prophet Sallallahu for it. And the Israeliat traditions, it means those reports which were passed down from the Ahl-Kitab, from the Christians and Jews and the Muslims used to live amongst them and they used to take some of those reports from them those reports should neither be affirmed nor denied unless there is a proof for them in the Quran and Sunnah so, Shaykh al Taymiyyah said that it was from the reports of the Israeliite or Israeliat the people of the book As-Sakhawi said in his book Al-Maqasid following his Shaykh As-Suyuti in in Al-Aali there is no known Isnad from the Prophet Sallallahu for it, for this hadith. And its meaning is that his heart can contain belief in Me. Yani belief in Allah, love of Me and gnosis or knowledge of Me. I yani to know Allah. But as for the one who says that Allah incarnates in the hearts of the people, that Allah is contained in the hearts of the people, then he is more of an infidel than the Christians who specified that to Christ alone. Yani, the Christians said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in a human form in the, in the body of Jesus. In the body of Jesus. And here, this false statement is a claim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the hearts of all people. Yani, at least the Christians, they didn't say He's in every person, they just said He's in a prophet, Jesus. The best of the human beings, which is wrong. But worse than that is to say that Allah is in the heart of every person. When Allah is not in anything at all in the creation. This is the meaning of his statement. That he said, the person who said such a thing, that Allah is uh, incarnate inside the hearts of all people. This is worse disbelief than the Christians who limited their incarnation to Jesus alone. Peace be upon him. It seems that Ibn Taymiyyah's mention of Israeli tradition refers to what? Imam Ahmed has related in his book Al-Zuhud from Wahab Ibn Munabbi who said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the heavens for Ezekiel until he saw the throne. So Ezekiel said, How perfect are you? How mighty are you? O Lord. So Allah said, Truly the heavens and the earth were too weak to contain me. But the soft, humble heart of my believing slave contains me. And here, he is saying that it appears as though the statement of Sheikh Islam Ibn Saymiyyah that this is from the traditions from the people of the book, the Christians and Jews it is referring to this tradition which Imam Ahmed reported in his book as Zuhud from, it was from the Christians or the Jews He also quoted from Al-Zarakhashi's writing that one of the scholars said that it is a false hadith fabricated by a renegade from the religion yani a person who was outside of Islam and that it is most often quoted by a preacher to the masses yani The people in public speeches use these statements for whatever reason Ali ibn Wafa for his own purposes who says at the time of spiritual rapture and dance go around the house of your Lord He further said that at tabarani has related from Abu Utbah Al-Khawlani as Marfur. Yani here Al-Tabarani one of the scholars of Hadith, who collected a number of books of Hadith, some of them are very, very large collections. In one of his collections of Hadith, he narrated a report from Abu Utbah, Al-Kawlani, as Marfu'un, and he attributing to the Prophet ﷺ, saying that the Prophet ﷺ said, Truly Allah has vessels from amongst the people of the earth, and the vessels of your Lord are the hearts of the righteous slaves. And Allah has vessels amongst the people of the earth, and the vessels of Allah are the hearts of the righteous slaves, and the most beloved of them to Him are the softest and most tender ones. And in this one is the narration, which doesn't contain the idea that Allah is inside of the creation. Then he said, in its isnad is Baqiyah ibn al-Walid, who is a mudallis. Mudallis. Mudallis means. The one who hides the identity of his sheikh in one of two ways. If it is Tadlis al-Isnad, it means that he deletes his sheikh and narrates through, the, yani, through another person without identifying yani, the person in between. Yani, it is as though he is narrating directly from his sheikh when in fact he heard from somebody else who heard from that sheikh. So he deleted someone. This is Tadlis al-Isnad. Tadlis al shuyukh it means he reports really from his real shaykh but he uses some kind of different name or different description that his shaykh is not normally known by in order to hide who is the real person that he is narrating from so he was a mudallis and the hadith of a mudallis is considered to be rejected because we don't know who he is really reporting from so how can we identify whether or not the person he reported from is a reliable reporter or not if he has committed Tadlif. But here he says, though this isnad is from Baqir ibn Walid and Mudallis, but he has clearly stated hearing the Hadith. And we said that the Mudallis, if he uses terminology such as Haddathani, or Akhbarani, or Samaitu, that makes it clear that he really heard it from the person who is reporting from, then we can accept his Hadith. And in this case, Baqir ibn Walid narrated the Hadith with such terminology that makes it clear that he heard it from his sheikh. He didn't use Yani unclear terminology such as an, or something like this Al-Shaykh al-Al-Bani rates re- re- this last hadith mentioned as Hassan yani the there are two types of narration mentioned here in this point point. one of them is the one which suggests that Allah is in the creation and the other one suggests that Allah has vessels and the vessels of Allah are the hearts of the righteous slaves and this narration Shaykh al-Al-Bani rahimahullah, said is Hassan yani It is a good hadith, it is acceptable. It's not the highest level of hadith, not sahih, but it is an acceptable hadith that we can use as a proof in the deen. Uh, The next hadith, number seven, the Sheikh mentioned, He who knows himself, knows his Lord. He who knows himself, knows his Lord. This is one of the famous hadith that uh, many of the people mention or write in books. Concerning it, Al-Imam Al-Nawawi, the great scholar of hadith from the Shafi'i Madhhab, Rahimahullah, he said, it is not established. Yani, this hadith is not confirmed. It is not authentic. Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimahullah, said, Mawdu'ah, that it's absolutely fabricated. False. As Sanaani said, it is not known as Marfu'ah. Yani, it is not reported as a statement attributed to the Prophet sallallahu But it is quoted as a statement of Yahya ibn Mu'az al-Razi. Yani, it's not Marfoon attributed to the Prophet, but it's a statement of someone else down the line. As Sayuti endorsed an Nawi's words, he is in agreement with him, and in addition to that he said, this hadith is not authentic. Yani, Imam Nawi said it is not established. It's not sabit. But he went further to say, not only that, but he said clearly, it is not authentic, it is not sahih. Al-Fayru Zabadi said, it is not a prophetic statement. Yani it is not attributed to the Prophet sallallahu although most of the people think it is a hadith. Although most of the people think it is a hadith, and they say, the Prophet sallallahu said. But in fact, it is not a hadith of the Prophet, it is not authentic at all. In fact, it is only related in the Israelite traditions. As they said, they narrated it like this, O oh man, know yourself, you will know your Lord. Ibn al-Gharras said, after quoting a Naoui's verdict, but the books of the Sufis, such as Sheikh Muhyiddin ibn al-Arabi, ibn al-Arabi, not ibn al-Arabi. Ibn al-Arabi is the Maliki scholar, who was a famous scholar of Tafsir. But ibn al-Arabi, and others like him, they are filled with it, being quoted like a hadith. Their books are filled with the quotation of this fabrication, which is not a statement of the Prophet And then he makes a very important statement here, which needs some attention. Ibn Arabi also said, this hadith, although it is not proved by way of narration, although it is not proved to be authentic, by chain of narration, by Isnad, yet it is proved to us by way of kashf, unveiling, while in a trance. Yani, that means knowledge came to the person while they are in a trance. And through that knowledge, they said it's confirmed that it's authentic. Instead of the way the scholars of the people of Sunnah confirmed hadith through the scientific and meticulous methodological way of tracing the people who transmitted and examining their reliability. Regarding this methodology, the methodology of taking knowledge through Kashf, Shaykh al-Albani says authenticating a hadith by way of Kashf is a wicked innovation of the Sufis and depending upon it leads to the authentication of false baseless hadith. This is because even at the best of times, cash is like opinion, which may be right or wrong. And that is, uh, and that is if no personal desires enter into it. We ask Allah to save us from it and from everything with which He is not pleased. And yani even though this manner of receiving knowledge at some times, sometimes it may be correct, but often it is not correct. And so it is not a reliable source of confirming the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Especially if we consider that the hadith are the basis of the sharia. And the basis of the deen. Therefore we cannot leave it to guesswork. Perhaps it is right. And perhaps it is wrong. But in fact we have to be sure about it. The next hadith, the shaykh mentioned where is Allah? And this is the hadith of the slave girl who was punished for allowing uh, one of the sheep to be taken and the Prophet when she was brought to him tested her to know if she is a believer and he asked her two questions, one of them is where is Allah? Here the Sheikh says concerning this hadith that it is Sahih, it is authentic and it is related by Imam Malik and his muwatta. It is also related By Imam al-Shafi'i in his Risala. And you may find it in the English translation of Risala, page 110. And also, it is related by Imam Muslim, Rahimahumullah. Ya'ani, Imam Malik, Imam al-Shafi'i, Imam Muslim, all of them reported it in their books. This was the first of two questions which the Prophet put to a slave girl to test her faith. The second one of those questions, after he asked her, Where is Allah? He said, And who am I? Who am I? She answered, Where is Allah? She said, Above the heavens, Fi And who am I? She answered, You are the Messenger of Allah. To which the Prophet ﷺ said, Free her, for she is a believer. Free her, for she is a believer. Her first answer, which is found in the Quran, in a number of places, including chapter 67, verse 16 and 17, and chapter 6, verse 11, chapter 20, verse 71. In chapter twenty seven verse eight, the first answer that Allah is fisema fi he says here it can be it can mean above and on, as in these various places in the Quran. Fi is used here, not to mean in, but it means above, on or upon. And it means that Allah is above above the creation and separate from his creation, not mixed in with it the erroneous belief which leads to the worship of creation. Whoever believes that Allah is inside of the creation, this is a belief that leads to the worship of creation. Because if we believe that Allah is in something of the creation, then we can justify worshipping that thing, saying that Allah is inside of it. As the Hindus believe that Allah is inside the cow, so they worship the cow. And the people who worship trees or stones or whatever, They say that Allah is in those things, that's why they are worshipping it. We are not really worshipping the stone, but Allah is inside the stone. So when you believe that Allah is inside anything in the creation, this is what leads to the worship of the things which Allah created, instead of worshipping the creator of those things. So this is a false belief, and it is a very dangerous belief. When in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in innumerable places, that He is above His throne, that He is above the heavens and the earth, that Allah is high above everything. And the Prophet ﷺ, in a number of authentic hadith also confirmed likewise. The next hadith is also a very famous yani hadith, love of one's homeland is a part of faith. Yani loving someone's country, it is a part of Iman. If you love your country, that means you have Iman, you have faith. This is a very famous statement, and some of the people try to support nationalism by this statement. That you should love your country, that's a part of Iman. It's part of Iman, like believing in Allah and the angels and the books. Love your country, that is a part of Iman. Concerning this, Al-Saghani said, and others besides him said, this hadith is Mawdu'ah, is fabricated. It is a fabrication. Scholars differ as to whether its meaning is correct or not, or in what way and to what extent. It is sometimes used to justify divisive anti-Islamic nationalism and patriotism. Scholars differ as to whether or not its meaning is correct or not, and or in what way and to what extent. Yani some of the scholars said that the meaning of it, though the hadith is not authentic, It's not a true statement of the Prophet but some of them said the meaning is correct. And some said it, no, it's not correct. And some said, from some angle or another, it's correct or partially correct or whatever. The scholars differ about this, but the important thing is we should not say the Prophet said so. This is a fabrication against him. He didn't make this statement. The next statement, or the next two statements, they are related to one another. The first of them, number 10, I have left amongst you two things, which if you hold fast to them, you will never stray. The book of Allah and my sunnah. This is a very important statement, hadith of the Prophet I have left amongst you two things. If you hold tight to them, if you stick to them and adhere to them, you will never go astray. That is the book of Allah, Al-Qur'an and my sunnah. The Qur'an and the sunnah. Concerning this statement, uh, the Sheikh says it is, is authentic, is related by Imam Malik rahimahullah, as Mursal, Muallaq and Balaghat, depending on choice of terminology. And related twice as Musnad by al Hakim in his book Al-Mustadraq. The meaning of the Hadith is contained in the Quran in the mention of the book and wisdom. Yani in chapter 2 verse 129, in chapter 2 verse 151. Chapter 2 verse 151, Chapter 2 verse 231, Chapter 3 verse 164, Chapter 4 verse 13, Chapter 33 verse 34, and Chapter 62 verse 2. These are verses which mention Al-Kitab wal-Hikmah. The Qur'an and the Hikmah, the wisdom, it is referring to the Sunnah. So that these two things holding to the Qur'an and Sunnah is confirmed by the Qur'an itself in these. Verses. Concerning the terminology Mursal, Muallak, and Balagat, we took two of these terms in detail. Mursal, and we said that Mursal means a Hadith which has a break in the chain at the point of the Tabi'i who narrates a Hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, out, without mentioning who he heard it from. Did he hear it from a Sahabi? Or did he hear from a Tabi who heard it from a Sahabi? That's Mursal. As for Muallak, it is the opposite. From the beginning of the isnad from the collector of hadith like Al-Bukhari or Muslim who leaves off his shaykh or two or more yani marries after him including him or even the whole of the isnad narrating directly from a sahabi and so on, yani the break is from the beginning of the isnad from the person who collected it in his book whereas Mursal, the break is from the other side then he says that al says I have heard the most knowledgeable people about the Quran say that, the wisdom is the sunnah, that in those statements in the Quran which we refer to al-kitab wa sunnah, he said, the knowledgeable people of Quran said that al-hikmah here, in this expression al-kitab wa al-hikmah, al-hikmah means the sunnah. And this is mentioned in his book al-risalah in the English translation page 111. The next hadith number 11 which is similar. To, uh, uh, number 11, which is similar to the previous hadith that I have left amongst you, that which if you abide by it, you will never go astray, the Book of Allah and my family, the Book of Allah and my family, the members of my household. And it is also authentic report, it is Sahih, related by Al-Tirmidhi, Ahmed, Ibn Abi in his book, Kitab Al-Sunnah, and Al-Hakim Mustadrat, Al-Tabrani, Al-Daylami, and Al-Tahawi. All of these scholars narrate this hadith and here the shaykh just comments briefly that the expression or the phrase Ahlul Bayt, the members of my house refer to two things. Number one, it refers primarily to the Prophet Sallallahu wives from the clear context of the relevant verse of Quran chapter 33, verse 33 which refers to Ahlul Bayt and it's clear in the context of those verses that it's talking about the women or the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi وسلم. but it also Ahlul Bayt also refers to Ali and Fatima and Hassan and Hussein, their children, radiallahu anhu from the hadith of the garment which is reported in the Sahih of Muslim, the book of virtues of the companions, that the Prophet had them under a cover and he said he referred to them as Ahlbayt, that these are the Ahlbayt, the people of his family. So this expression is correctly referred to the wives of the Prophet وسلم, as well as his son-in-law Ali and his daughter Fatima and their children Hassan and Hussain May Allah be pleased with all of them. It is imbalanced and unjust to exclude either of these categories from the hadith. The proper understanding of this expression is that it refers to both the wives of the Prophet as well as his uh, daughter Fatima, her husband Ali and their children. The next hadith, number 12, the hadith giving ten companions by name, the good tidings of paradise. Al Ashra, Al Mubashirun bin Jannah, the ten people who are promised paradise. The hadith concerning this are many, and from amongst them are uh, the hadith reported by Abu Dawood, at Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, and Ahmed, and it is an authentic hadith which is well known amongst the people. The fullest narration. Includes the statement as we just took in Numa al by Imam ibn Qudama that Abu Bakr is in paradise and Umar is in paradise or, or the garden, which refers to the Jannah. Uthman and Ali and Talha, Al-Zubayr, Abdurrahman ibn Awf, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, Sa'id ibn Zayd, Abu Ubaidah ibn Al-Jarrah. Yani all of these ten, the Prophet, وسلم, each one of them he mentioned specifically that they are in paradise. He said, Abu Bakr Fil Jannah, Umar fil Jannah. Uh, Uthman fil Jannah, Ali fil Jannah and he mentioned every one of them saying that each of them would be in the paradise the next hadith if the Iman or faith of Abu Bakr was weighed against the Iman of all the people of the earth the former that is Abu Bakr would outweigh the latter the Iman, the faith of Abu Bakr would outweigh the rest of the people of the earth concerning this statement, he said that it is related by Ishaq ibn Rahaway, Rahimahullah, who was one of the important sheikhs or teachers of imam Al-Bukhari. <coughs> he said that he and also imam Al-Bayhaqi with a uh, narrated this hadith with a sahih, authentic isnad as a statement of Umar. Yani that Umar ibn khattab anhu he is the one who made this statement but it is also collected by Ibn Adi and al-Daylami from his son the son of umar abdullah ibn umar أنهما, as marfu yani attributed to the prophet sallallahu so there are two chains one of them which is attributing it to umar as a statement it is mawquf a statement of sahabi and the other one from the son of umar who attributed it to the prophet sallallahu but the second one attributing to the prophet in its net, is isa ibn abdullah who is weak Yani there is a, a narrator in the chain who is weak. However, it is strengthened by another narration of Ibn Adi and also supported by the hadith in the Sunni. Uh, that a man saw in a dream that the Prophet ﷺ was weighed against Abu Bakr and was found to be heavier than Abu Bakr was weighed against everyone else and was found to be heavier. Yani here he is saying that even though the Marfu' hadith of Abdul ibn Umar even though it has one of the chain in the chain of narratives, a narrator who is weak, but it is supported. And we said that if a hadith has a slight weakness, not a major weakness, not someone who is a liar or I mean, someone who is who has made many, many serious mistakes and so on, if it is a minor weakness, then if other chains of narration, as he mentioned here, two other chains of narration, support it, which are of equal strength. I mean, not having a serious weakness, or better than that, if they are supporting it, then that hadith may be raised up. From Da'if to Hassan. Hassan لغيره. Hassan لغيره. Yani becoming Hassan due to the support of other narrations. So in this case he said that this hadith is raised up, and he said that it is strengthened. So he is saying that even though it has a weakness in it, but it might be considered by some scholars as Hassan, 619.5. uh, 619.5. We can stop here then. Uh, we'll stop here and uh, perhaps in the next class Inshallah we will complete the rest of the hadith. SubhanAllahumma wa bihamdika. Aishadu an la ilaha illa anta wa atubu ilayk. If there are any comments or questions or corrections concerning what we covered tonight, uh, Inshallah, we can take a few moments after uh, any before the salah. insha'Allah, after any questions. If the sisters have any questions, you can send them in writing.